Welcome everybody to Under the Blanket Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Hair Love, and I'm feeling really groovy now. But two hours ago, oh my god, I felt this weird sinking feeling I haven't felt in months. And I don't know how to explain it, just this feeling of really deep Tomas, which is tired, cool, like lethargy sloth, they called it. Some people call it that. It's just this pulling, it pulls you down. But I worked through it. I'm lucky that my partner, Elise, uh, she helped me through it. Uh, usually I'm the, you know, the more uh, conscious, even keel, peaceful, loving thing. But, you know, uh, I have my moments because I'm not uh, cooked in the sense of work through all my stuff. But backstage, we're all that divine being, you know. So uh, I have with us today on the show uh, uh, Jeff. Now, uh, say hello, Jeff. Hello. Hello. And, and you know, for people that are regular listeners to Under the Blanket, they might remember Jeff. And I did the Giant Rock podcast, and I was becoming the co-host. And uh, and he had done a bunch of episodes of Under the Blanket. You might have listened to both podcast listener or whatever. And then we had a little bit of a parting of the ways, and I had the episode with Marcus where I discussed uh, that sort of thing. But you know what's funny is I just felt I worked through whatever I was going through because of that. And it wasn't personal against Jeff. I just, some days, sometimes I have to go away from people. Uh, but I, but during the whole time, I didn't feel negatively about you, Jeff. And I ha- held you in my heart and I was grateful. I even listened to some of our old shows and stuff. And uh, so that was all cool. And then I felt like I worked through it enough. I'm going to get back a hold of Jeff now. Jeff was super, you were super cool about it, and you had said the past is the past, and no hard feelings, and it was all cool. But you know, Jeff, we all know those people that if we had done that, where we just get back in touch with someone we're not talking to online or in person or whatever, and they would immediately get in an argument with us, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that completely, because, like, with some people, like, I even reach out to people that, you know, my family members that shut me out, you know, like for no apparent reason. And I still reach out and I just figure that everybody's going through their own personal thing or whatever they're going through at the moment. And if it was that <clears throat> for that moment, you know, the, what, what happened, you know, and whatever, you know, where you what you were going through and my, where my head was at, at that moment, you know, it was OK, because like <clears throat> I just like I didn't, you know. It didn't. It didn't really phase me. I knew we would be talking again. And uh, so I you're just, saying you know the future? Well, I just figure like how the, our path has been both going. You know what I mean? And you've been well, helped my path out and everything. And I just you know came to that realization on my own. Well, since you know the future, how about you tell one of our listeners what stock should they invest in? <laughs> I'm not the future fortune teller, man. I wish. <laughs> anyway, but this is a great story to start off. We're going to do a year in review, but this yeah. just came up, and I figured it'd be awesome story to start up. Now, Ram Dass's last book is called Being Ram Dass, and there was a part in it that was uh, that was ne- never talked about this until this book. In fact, the book contains lots of gems of personal things he never talked about, which are real interesting. For example, uh, he was doing, it was before he met Mirage, he was doing psychedelics a lot, high doses, and really 
having that going up and coming down thing that he talks about in Be Here Now. But something was happening. He was getting these powers. And at a certain stage, he was sort of like stranded without money. But he had the power. So he went in the casino and he used the powers at the roulette. And the roulette, like he, the power would be in his mind, the roulette wheel would light up where he was going to win money. So he was able to say, you know, you know anyone knows roulettes, like a wheel and you got colors and color black and red or something and the numbers. And he would see the one where the roulette would go to in his mind. It would like flash in his mind, but no one else would see it. And then every time it would go that he was able to make enough money to get out of being stranded in Europe or something. So, you know, I figured that'd be an interesting place to start. Jeff, your thoughts on that? Wow. That's, that's so, yeah, that perception of like, I'm going to hit the the number seven on the roulette wheel, you know, red seven or whatever, you know, (laughs) and then it just like the power of the mind that moment i guess like almost like a telekinesis type of thing you know like the, i'm gonna will this happen will it will it will it yes because like and plus he needed the money and you know to get out of the situation so what other you know he had to gamble and uh what you know what other choice did he have at that moment i think you know yeah i'm not i'm not bringing this up to judge him i just found it like interesting that um, the mind's capabilities of these certain things oh, yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. But I think ultimately um, with those sorts of things, it's best to be like just to let them kind of be used through you. So you're in the general flow of the universe. So you're not sitting there on an ego trip about, you know, using a power, but rather that's just oh, yeah. the whip wham of like Maharaji is a good example. When he went to Maharaji, Maharaji talked about his mother's spleen and, but Maharaji's not sitting there. I'm going to use my power to blow this person's mind. He's just being like a leaf on a tree and he's not even talking out. Just comes spleen in the flow. Cause he's not the doer. And I think that's the difference. Ram Das, for example, at that moment was using the power to get out of the situation, which is fine. But ultimately the goal is to really just understand the appropriate thing at that moment and just go with the flow. Right. Right. So he was just being part of it all right there, even in the casino. And, uh, and then it's, it's, he was just part of the universe at that point. Even, even if he was in the casino, it doesn't matter where he's at. You know what I mean? It could be in the, the wretches of hell could be, you know, but he still has that connection to of the universe. Even hell has the connection to the universe. And uh, if there is a hell, but um, <clears throat> anyways, that's, that's how I perceive that. Well, I look at look the, the earth as hell. I mean, in fact, the Buddhist perception of hell is that everything other than Nirvana is hell because earth, look at earth. I mean, does it really need to be that convinced Yes, we have the beautiful parts of life and the joy of life, but they it's temporary. Like if you become a billionaire, you're going to lose all your money. You're going to have to die. Everybody on earth has to deal with sickness, old age, death, suffering. That's what the Buddha's point was. And in the certain Buddhisms, they talk about the other levels. Uh, even a heavenly angel plane where it's so much joy and yada, yada, yada. It's not forever. So in that, so 
really that word hell it, it's you know we, we in our culture uh the west they call it um that word has been like used as like a punishment idea and like a forever idea but really it just means it sucks right it's just full of suffering i mean that's how i look at the word yeah it's just uh <clears throat> the suffering is happening no matter what on this planet you know on whatever planet other species of part of the universe are suffering in some part of some way i think it's all part of it all like that's what i've learned <clears throat> over this last year is about the grieve the grieving you know we talked about this on giant rock podcast about grieving you know and going through that whole process what i've learned about grieving in spiritual in my spirituality is it's not just about death you know it's about other you know what other people around you they could be grieving too and you can relate to that and then if not just let it have those thoughts bring up to your head have those thoughts i learned myself how to create those thoughts to float those thoughts file them into a file cabinet and everything and not to let those grieving thoughts sadness control me because it's like i you kind of you grasp onto it so like i've learned to let go you know that's been like major part of my year of doing that this Really? Well, that's uh, that's really good news because, you know, people I had a good year. You had a good year. A lot of people um, probably on the spiritual awakening path because uh, it has a forward progression to it. They probably everybody that's sincerely on the spiritual path has had a kind of good year in the sense that they've uh, lightened up more and they've let go of more and they've worked through more issues and they've become lighter and more conscious. But in general, say if you look at social media, sometimes everybody puts down every year 2020 worst year ever hashtag 2021 worst year ever hashtag 20 not 2019 worst year ever hashtag every year everybody's uh probably just putting down every year uh as like this horror show and you know from a lot of people's perspective it's bad look at what covid and you got the economy suffers from covid and then you have all right so uh jeff you're talking about you know you had uh, I, we were doing a year in review kind of show and look at your year. You've worked through grieving. You've learned lessons, spiritual lessons. Uh, and probably many people on the spiritual awakening path sincerely where they're completely in the path, not just like it's a hobby or a Sunday thing or they go to the yoga center, that sort of thing. But people are there sincerely full on into it. They probably all had a good year in the sense that they've made progress on the spiritual path because you can't help but make some sort of progress on the spiritual path from my perspective unless you're like a buddha or something which we all are i get that but you know it's there's many different levels many perspectives and ways to look at all that but you know what about everybody else you know you have to look at like this year has been covid and you have um the economic situation, you have the CDC saying, siding with, uh, you know, bosses where even if you have COVID, you have to go into work and not giving workers rights yet. But you have the Kellogg strike where, you know, uh, they were able to get some concessions and, you know, uh, there's all kinds of people that were able to probably it's not on the news, but they have you know, maybe mellowed out and found joy in simple, simple things and they don't go to the concerts and stuff. But yet the other people, you know, it's, who can blame them? Life gets boring from that ego perspective. 
So they want to go to the concert. They got the vaccine. They want to go to the concert. It's still a risk, but it's less of a risk because they got the vaccine. And so, you know, I figured I'd throw a bunch of that out there. Since right. The year I mean, review. You know, like with, you know, with the COVID thing, you know, like, like speaking of the end of the year here, you know, December last month <laughs> and in, you know, the holidays and everything. And I went to Arizona <clears throat> and, you know, in California, they're really strict about the, about mask wearing in Arizona, it's just like a free for all. So like, but anyways, coming back, you know, I got sick, you know, I, you know, lucky I had my shots, but I was sick for a few days coming back and I'm still kind of getting over it a little bit. And then talking to other people, you know, like the, in the family, there's like a split, you know, of course, but like, again, it's like, it's like, I'm talking to everyone. I'm just like, where my head's at is a little bit different where their head's at, but like people I never thought that would be on the spiritual path are, you know, like, like my friend, Nate, Kenny Mack, the rapper, you know, like one person I ever thought when, you know, like his ego is so big, but he's, you know, he's med- he meditates and everything. He has his own thing. So like, I learned how to appreciate the human humanity of ego and everything. And that's like, that, that was a biggie thing to let that go with people. And everything and all the yes of course all the bad things that have been going on you know with 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 COVID and everything I and then <clears throat> me catching it you know like finally lucky lucky like you know like I had those boosters else I would have been really sick you know well and, you know about that ego thing you brought because I remember you know you used to talk about people's egos and it's funny because when you get like like oh that person's got a, such a big ego that's ego you know it's like um, that sort of thing, because oh, point, on the spir- yeah, right. Yeah, because on the spiritual awakening path, you see that yes, there are people with bigger egos and smaller egos, and people with no egos, like Buddhas and things. But I, I found it's helpful to also see that that's just one particular layer of the onion. There's another layer of the onion where it's all our ego. So you see that it's not like I have my ego stuff and you have your ego stuff. It's all our stuff. We share it. We're the same being. We work through it together. We go the journey together. And that is still just illusion. That's part of the illusion. If we if we didn't have some sort of ego, there wouldn't be an illusion at all. There wouldn't be a planet. There wouldn't be any levels or universes. So it's kind of built into the system. But the, so the question people have to ask themselves, however their year was or whatever, is you know, where do you want to go with this? How hungry are you to go the journey, right? Right. I mean, everybody has their own path, like you said before. And um, and with the, like, I need to be judging. That would be my own ego judging that. I see what you're saying. And, um, and that's the other thing, like, you know, I'm working through too, you know, like, it's like envy. I'm worked through envy a little bit, envy, you know, people having, I have, and they don't have, you know, like things of materialism. I want a good place to live. I want that car or whatever. You know what I mean? What people have. What kind of car would you take? A DeLorean, classic fixed <laughs> up DeLorean, right? Yeah, it's got to be the time machine one. <laughs> or a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Say you have a choice. The DeLorean, and this is a brand new, uh, the DeLorean company was put back into existence just to make you a specialized DeLorean or a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. What would you pick? 
I take the DeLorean for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I got a little off topic there, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's getting you know deep in the materialism of what what I want, maybe you know, and I would have to open that mother on the road. <laughs> and then the time machine, it's got to go 80 miles an hour, and then I can go. Through. 88 miles per hour. 88. You got to get your Back to the Future references right. 88. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna call up, you know, uh. The, that uh, Michael J. Fox and say uh, you got to forget your research into the what's is that disease he's got forget the research you got to put sit Jeff down and just play Back to the Future one two and three on loop until <laughs> you get it through your head all these little trivia's and you know you'll be you will there will be people big guys with you know they're gonna be looking at you like if you try to leave the room even for a bathroom break. They might take you into the hallway, you know? Yeah, and, and another thing happened to me this year. I turned 62. <laughs> now I'm eligible for Medicare and Social Security. I didn't realize that I got a letter in the mail. Yeah. Like, you know, what do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not even thinking about that. I feel like 38 in the head, you know? So, like, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? I'm just how I look at it right now and everything. And it's just like, and everything that's happened with people, you know, like you're talking about how, you know, like with what's been going on with with the whole country and the whole world with COVID, you know, and every people are trying to st- not join the mask and all this other stuff and not getting the boosters or whatever and everything. And like I said, it's like it's kind of like coincides with everything in the flow, you know, like it, it's kind of it, it's working its way out. If you can't tell, like it's kind of like, you know, it's like. If you look at the beginning of the year until the end of, of 2021, like it, a lot of things worked its way out, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of things uprised at the same time, you know. But but I again, I still think everybody's on on a spiritual path. Like never thought that guy would be, you know. Yeah. And there it is, my ego saying that again. But it's surprising. You know, and then it makes me happy. I'm not sad about it. I'm like, well, right. well, let's get into the, this whole thing. Um, you know, uh, politics, because we're getting into COVID and vaccines and the, the mask, no mask, mask, no mask, and all that kind of stuff that's related with politics. And people say, oh, politics aren't related with spiritual awakening. But I feel that's not my perspective, that all of it is one big package. So you can't oh. really push any of it away, even though, yes, it ultimately it's a it's beyond all that that we're we are human beings and politics is part of what it means to be human so i think pushing that away is not going the journey because it's like a denial of the humanity so you know as far as that goes uh we got the new president in america i'll just talk about america since that's the country i find myself in in this incarnation and uh, you know he had all these promises. From my perspective, he had. I voted for him, uh, even though I am, I'm not a Democrat. I don't like Democrats. I guess you could say from an ego perspective. I think it's all one big corrupt capitalist system. Gosh. But I'm, I, I'm. If I'm gonna vote, which I will, I vote for the lesser of two evils in the sense that if you vote Democrats, even especially on the state level, I mean. You'll get legalized pot. You'll get more welfare. You'll get more social programs. So even though overall it's still capitalism, there's no big changes. There are little changes that matter. That person that gets help on their electric bill 
because it's a Democrat that gets a, like maybe $50 more on welfare. That matters to that person. That's why I vote Democrat. But regardless of that, on a, on a presidential level, it, 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 it seems to be the same old story because you got even though Biden's very different as far as like he's presidential, he talks the talk and walks the walk and he's all like he's not on Twitter rambling nonsense and being insane. Um, that he didn't do anything different than Trump. All if you look at all the major promises, not the fifteen dollar minimum wage, the stimulus check he even cut down. He didn't even consider getting another one. The Build Back Better America infrastructure plan, none of that. The kids are still in cages. Everybody forgets. Everybody was so about kids in cages on the border. Trump's locking. We got more kids in cages. If you look at it now, which is really like. George Orwell, I think you'll get into this because you probably read that book, 1984, right? Yeah. Look at this, man. This is really far out, right? You have the kids in cages during Trump and AOC, who really talks the talk. She was like, oh, the kids in cages. Then Biden gets elected and the kids in cages, even though there's a new facility that's the same kind of facility with more kids, more cages, same thing, all of a sudden – it becomes an overflow facility. Oh, it's all right. Let's not talk about that. So it's that's the double speak language. It turns from kids in cages when Trump's in office to Biden, even though it's the same sort of thing going down. It turns from kids in cages to overflow facilities, right? So that's that Orwellian double speak. Uh, and I, I really, you know, I went on this on another show. I think AOC came in with all these ideals and she was talking the talk. You spend enough time in Washington, if you're in one of the two major parties, you're going to have to go with the mainstream, you know? It's a little corporate control, like I like I was talking to my nephew, and he's a Trumpster at that. And, um, and, and he is spiritually awakened at that, too. So anyways, <clears throat> I'm having Thanksgiving dinner with him, and um, we start talking about politics immediately. You know, like, and I just like, hey, I'm, you know, pretty, I don't like it. I think it's all corporate control. And he's in media himself. He makes commercials for Showtime and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So anyways, (laughs) excuse me. So anyways, he, uh, we started talking. I was telling him about how the corporations control everything. You know, like they're the ones puppeting the, the Trumps and, and then the Bidens, they decide like the media. That's why if every and, and the media is getting turned off, people are turning off their TVs. You know, like they're not watching the news because it's all BS. You know, they're lying to us. You know, the fear factor. Remember, this is like they make money off fear and ratings. You know, fear equals ratings. And you know, and like, like my big deal is like, why don't they use love? You know, what I mean, love is stronger than fear. And we should be pushing love more than fear, if anything, in politics. I would say that and see how things change, I say. Just you my- know, uh, as far as that goes, I mean, I relate it all back to, uh, you know, the stuff like I do online that I talk about, the spiritual communism, where ultimately we need a system system change, uh, where there's a, a cooperative system where the resources of the earth are taken into account, where they're distributed equally to people, where it's a cooperative, we're all one big global tribe now. Does it need to be called spiritual communism? Of course not. It doesn't need any title. It just needs to work. Now, you know, people of Lenin, you know, he was inspired by Marx and uh, 
Marx's writing says we all should voluntarily, we're voluntarily, which means we have the freedom to not do it, uh, have a common plan and sort of, and then distribute to those that have need. Like that is like sounding like we're all one. It's spiritual sounding uh, stuff relating it to economics. Lenin goes in with those ideas, but he always starts to change a little bit because there's ego. Like we haven't resolved the ego issue. So he goes in there and changes it and says, "Okay, Marx is cool and all, but we're going to change it to the dictatorship of the proletariat. So you're going to have these party leaders that are going to decide how all that is done. And then, you know, that's cool and that works and that's better than some of the stuff in West. But, you know, that begins the slope towards Stalin, towards these other things. And yes, you know, a lot of stuff about Stalin, the CIA documents, you could look them up. A lot of that has been lies and propaganda, but he wasn't like a groovy guy to be around. You know, it wasn't like a great system. Well, just like capitalism, just like our it seems. So that's what it comes down to. Jeff, you'll probably agree with this, is that we we need the love. We no system can work without an interchange of humanity's consciousness where we open our hearts and we see we're one with the earth. We're one with each other because that's what Terrence McKenna said. If we as a species realized we are one with the earth, the whole capitalist system and the fossil fuel issues and everything would come to a grinding halt and we'd make it work somehow, you know? I mean, it, it comes down to, you know, like, you know, like America's worried about tyranny and uh, the practice of corporate politics is the power wants your body soften in your own chair and your emotions disappointing dis- on the screen. Get outside, put your body in unfamiliar places with unfamiliar people, make new friends and march with them. Now, I dig that. You know, and I think that's what people should do. And that's what I did. Go into people that disagree with me and talk to them face to face. You know what I mean? Like I had the chance to do it with my family. You know what I mean? And they, they're the ones that bring up the subject, not me. I'm just on the background <laughs> all the time. And I knew it was going to happen, you know, but, you know, let's talk. And then everybody and then the beautiful thing, everybody was agreeing. There was no disagreement in this conversation this year. Well, you know, that's very brave of you, Jeff, to do that. Personally, uh, I don't go or talk to people. I just might be like friendly banter in the street a little bit. But I used to hang out with my girlfriend and don't uh, I talk to people online. But I only talk to people that are on the path of being conscious and are like similar to me politically. And so so I understand what you're saying. And that's true for you. But I think it ultimately Everybody has to decide what their own dharmic flow is. Uh, Ramakrishna yeah. is a great example of this. Ramakrishna was a saint in India. He said at certain stages of the spiritual awakening path, you don't associate with worldly people, associate with people going towards God and so on. And because, you know, you might get sucked into their melodrama. So I feel I'm yeah. at that stage. But there are other stages where it's important, like you say, to have a dialogue with these people and so on. So. I, I just think I, I recommend any listeners struggling with that issue, follow your intuition. So if your intuition says, yeah, Jeff's right, I'm going to talk to these Trumpers or whoever it is that upset me and have a nice, calm dialogue That's... with them, then go with that. But if you, if another person's like, you know, I have to avoid these people, yeah. I'm going to just kind of be like a solitude monk person, then go with that. Really trust your intuitions when it comes down to, you know. 
definitely because like you know it could be in an uncomfortable situation and then you don't want to be falling in that negative thought line that they're that people are in and us versus them us versus them duality yeah <laughs> that's to, what it comes down to yeah and hard to escape it with some people like they're so deep in it and then they're the, it's like their own self-loathing and i know that for my own speaking for my own self was that way and everything so it's almost like a self-loathing and you and it, it's a negative energy that can bring you down and everything but you know, like the all i'm trying to say is maybe try to make the conversation with some people if you feel like it's right and at the right moment i'm not suggesting just jump into a, a mega crowd and go hey here i am you know what i mean but just you know everything nah, my- maybe instead of having conversation watch the help millie's pylum get so friendly with them and just even agree with them. Pretend you agree with them. Oh, I love Trump. Let's have pie together. And, like, build it up. First develop a trust. Hello? First develop a trust. About four or five months with all these Trumpers. Okay. And so they really trust you. They, you. they think you're a Trumper. You even wear Trump shirts and everything. Then you're in their house, and you're ready to eat pie, and you bake Hello? the pie. And you millie pie them, which means you take a little bit of poop in there and put it in there of your own poop. And as they're eating it, oh. you kind of like oh. subtly hint that, you know, and then you say, um, you know, make some Trump sucks and bolt mm-hmm. out of the house, you know. So what do you think about that idea? That's sound coming from my end. <laughs> anyway, I hope someone out there isn't thinking I was serious about that. I just found that funny, you know, and, you know, because there is that part of us. Stop ego, ego, righteousness. Now, uh, you know, I wasn't serious about the Millie Pie thing. It was a joke. But I also wanted to bring it up to make a point is that we have that sense of righteousness in our ego that's very tricky. You know, and if anyone seems to help, I'm going to spoil it. So I don't care. I don't care about these spoiler alerts. I'm not going to spoiler alert. And I'm not even going to say spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Wait, uh, wait! I said it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did say it. So you know, you could turn it off and go watch the movie, I guess. But anyway, I don't. Th- what? Who cares if mo- movies are spoiled? Is that so bad? Okay, so I'm gonna spoil it. There's a certain part where, you know, Millie is a black woman and she works in these white women's house, and uh, they won't let her go to the bathroom in their house. It's really sad, and she has, and it might be storming, and they have to go to this sort of outhouse, and it's just like so sad. So Millie, there's one time it's storming, and it's a whole big deal, and uh, she decides to do the poop and the pie thing, and she's watching, and you know Millie, and it's it's a funny part of the movie. But it's also sad because you know, you know, because at one hand, you know, the righteous part of the personality is like, yeah, look, she got what she deserved. And then the other part is like, like Millie, even herself, after she did that, she was crying and she was sad. She didn't feel it was right because, you know, that's the whole turn the other cheek uh, thing that Jesus said. That's very difficult right. because it goes against that righteousness that's been taught to us. The good guys get the bad guys, you know. I mean, it's just like we it's like, again, like like the us versus them to a degree still on that level. And um the duality of that is it, in her own, like she wanted to get back to back at him, you know, but then like I did that and I shouldn't have done, done that. I, I it hurt her more than hurt them in a way because she, 
they didn't realize they were eating poop. <laughs> well, no, she told her later. Oh, then she, she told, told him. Yeah. I didn't see the movie. I'm no, just... she told him after she started ah. eating a little bit of it. Oh, my God. I, it was a really good part of the movie. Yeah. I see this one. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go see The Help. It's a good movie. Even though people have said, like, uh, criticized it as the stereotype in Hollywood, which it is true, of the white person coming to help black people. It's a common Hollywood theme. But I don't know. I just still think it's a good movie regardless of that. Not Just because it's a stereotype doesn't mean it's a bad movie. But like what you were saying, I think I want to, before we close up the show, get into the us first them thing. Because like I talk about in the spiritual communist, and the idea is the spiritual communist party, there is no them. So any Trumper out there or anyone is already part of our party is how I look at it. We're all already one. And that's just a label, Spiritual Communist Party. And I really think if you go out there, like Ramdas said, the hippies create police, police create hippies. If you go out there with the mindset of us versus them, it sends out this vibration of separation that ends up creating these situations of conflict. And that's what we struggle with in our society now, that so many people are caught up in us versus them, tribalism things like Christianity, for example, is a good example of that. You know, people forget. The communist stuff Jesus said about sharing, giving to the poor and rich people can't get in that. He ignores that. The Christian, most Christians ignore that, but they really latch on to tribalism things like Jesus said, I am the way and the light. And they interpret that in a tribalistic concept. Not we're all Jesus, we're all one, which he does say in other parts of the Bible. They ignore all that and they take it out of context of the rest of the Bible and spirituality and they make it about we're the in-group and you're the out-group. So it's nothing more than that. Islam, Christianity, Hindu things. There you have the Hindus fighting over the different gods. You have the Christ people fighting over different interpretations of Christ. You have, And that could be applied to politics, applied to men and women, right? Men are wrong, women are right. Men are right, women are wrong. I want to see this guy who was very into male rights and that women had more power. And that women were were so evil. And it re- and then I realized that had to do with his personal experience. His mom was mean to him and he felt judged and she would put him down and favor the, the son that she had with the guy she likes more. So he was yeah, the illegitimate child, you know. And if you haven't noticed, Baba, that's like of their own suffering. That, that anger pushing out to the, to other people. That's how I look at people when they, they're coming down on me. I look at it's part of their own suffering. And and I then I have more compassion for them, actually, tell you the truth. And um, I think people should look at it that way. Like when someone's getting down on you and, and it's, it's self-loathing, it's kind of their own self-loathing. Why would they be getting so angry and so upset? If you're not really doing, if you deserved it for something that you did outside of that, just because something you believe in, they get down on you. You know what I mean? So like that, that means that needs to change too in our society. Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like um, we're going to wrap up the show and how I'll end on this, this sort of thing that I've talked about, like uh, the system as it's, led up to the 1960s was like a caterpillar and it developed into like a global capitalist system regardless of the soviet union they were involved with the global markets to a degree so ultimately it's a global capitalist system so that's the caterpillar and then the caterpillar 
goes into a cocoon. And that was the 1960s revolution, the beginning of the cocoon. And we're still in that cocoon. In other words, politics, change of society, change of consciousness, technology, uh, changes, cultural changes, all this is just part of nature. And that nature has cycles and nature has growth and that we're in the cocoon. Eventually, when it, when it happens, the cocoon can't be rushed to the end of cocoon. The cocoon will last as long as the cocoon takes the butterfly to develop. And at that moment, the cocoon will break open. Who knows how that will be? Will that be as a global economic collapse? Will that be as a like kind of a global mass contact with extraterrestrials? Will it be more subtle? Will it be transitional like over the course of 50 years where we have some sort of transitional system like in Peter Joseph's movie Inner Reflections? Who knows? But the point is, it's okay to cultivate patience. It's okay to relax and trust the processes of nature and develop your own inner peace about it, right? So thank you for doing the show, Jeff. You're welcome. Thank you, Papa. It's good to be back grooving with you, and I'll be glad yeah. to do Giant Rock an episode if you ever want to have me. Uh, but no yeah. pressure. No pressure. About that. No pressure. No pressure. That's the whole thing. Is like I just, I'm all about no pressure. So uh, this has been Under the Blanket Podcast with uh, Laurel and Hardy back at it again. Yes. Tom Cruise and uh, <laughs> uh, that guy from, uh, what's that movie with the disco movie? Tom Cruise and John Travolta. And we're starting our Scientology club again. So join and give us $15,000 a week and you will ascend to the next level of Scientology. It comes right from the mouth of John Travolta and Tom Cruise, and we aren't gay. We definitely aren't gay, and it's not gay to suck dick because we're thinking of women when we suck dick. Everybody knows sucking dick ain't gay. It's gay to go wear a dress and be all feminine. It's not gay to suck a dick. Come on. Every biker does it. <laughs> you ever been to these biker clubs? I've definitely oh, been to a couple of months. <laughs> These biker clubs, we go, we ride our bikes, we go, we suck each other's dicks in the biker club secret. But we don't go and tell everybody about it, you know, because it's because people would judge us and think we're all gay. But we're not. We're definitely not gay. And you're not gay either, listener out there. You can be whoever you want to be. All right. If you think you're a frog, you can be a frog. All right. Everybody, this has been Under the Blanket with your host, Bobby Here Love. And... Remember, I'll see you everywhere is everything. Be here now. It's all, all right. And I tell you, I feel really, really groovy right now after doing this podcast. I feel at peace. We're all one. It's all right. Bye-bye. Yes. Ram, ram, ram. Hey. <laughs>